Kate, Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we about it. We need to Louis. talk to someone about it. Hey there, Kate. Hey there, Mary. I'm so excited to talk about one of our favourite episodes today, Bob Bilby. <laughs> Hey, and how appropriate after our first trial last week that we didn't quite tap our listeners into, I think, but they could probably, the really dedicated ones could tell we were um, phoning it in over Skype and not in the same room. Yeah, today we're on our devices again. We are (laughs) on our devices. Um, uh, after spending time on our devices researching Bluey. So um, all the devices, what would we be done without them? Yeah. With or without your classic um, Polaroid, it is hard to get away from devices. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> they are everywhere. And as much as I've heard quite a few OK Boomer generation people like tisking about the amount of kids that utilise devices these days, this is the future, you know, and our kids, yeah, it's going to be a huge part of whatever future they have. It's interesting, actually, because re-watching this episode really made me reflect on our childhood, Mary, and um, there's a great article about how we're like the in-between generation because we have an analogue childhood and a digital sort of, you know, teenagerdom and um, adulthood. I mean, I still remember when we had a computer at our school and that was the big deal, basically. Well, I mean, tell you what we were not doing at our school was taking home the classroom toy and being made to take photos of it. Bob stays with us for the weekend and we take photos of all the fun stuff we get up to and then we stick them in the Bob Bilby book. This, to me, screams social media like even though they're sticking the photos into a book like does it seem very hashtaggy like it does seem very instagram real life to you absolutely and like if you're not bragging about it on social media did it even really happen these days (laughs) well that's what i thought and when i looked at the hashtag bob bilby there were some actually some influencer mums um posting about their kid who had brought home the classroom toy or pet or the classroom mascot and relating it to Bob Bilby and yes the photos of them setting up the photos for the book were uh, looked very very hashtaggy they were very impressive um, there must be it, a lot of pressure on parents these days to really bring bring their a game for the classroom photo collective book I mean well yeah, like, I reckon be a lot I can of remember taking home the toy in kinder and there was like all you had to do was not lose it for the weekend. Whereas <laughs> now there's Pinterest pages and pages dedicated to um, printouts for teachers about, you know, the the list of things to tick off for when the classroom pet goes home with someone and, you know, you get a shot of you reading a book with them and you get a shot of you um you know, playing a board game with them. And it's all very analogue stuff. But because the photos involved, the the screens are involved. So I can kind of see how this episode goes the way it does. Bob, this is the tablet. You can take photos with it and watch cartoons and play games. 
Let's show Bob that game where you give Santa's beard a haircut. Yeah. I don't know. What, what are we setting parents up for with all these activities? I'm, it's a lovely prompt for the parents who aren't time poor. And, you know, God knows we all need a prompt sometimes to get off the digital devices. But I also kind of feel like it's a bit sort of a tick the box exercise. There'd be some parents who just like, oh, just just pull out Cluedo and, and take a photo with that for 30 seconds <laughs> yeah. because they don't want to let the team down and they don't want to, I don't know, crack this veneer that they're not the perfect parent being able to somehow magically juggle everything. Where this episode goes, I have questions about um, how many parents can <laughs> just roll out the bike and the skateboard and turn on a whole <laughs> day and night of um, photographable activity. <laughs> well, I want to know. I mean, fair enough, the park, that was fine. I was no problem with this. But, like, skipping to the, the climax of the episode, where are the fireworks coming from? Like, did they just <laughs> happen to time this with, I don't know, Diwali or um, – New something. <laughs> it seemed very, very coincidental and look, um, yeah, convenient. This whole episode could have been a sneaky um, co-promotion with the Brisbane tourism mob because it really does show Brisbane at its best. And actually, I realised um, the Instagram handle Bluey Locations. Uh, Michael, who runs that, the first post he did was actually. Um, he puts a post of um, a scene from Bluey and then a post of where it, the real life Brisbane location and oh, yeah. or Queensland location. Oh, and it, this, this was account. his first know, post, fireworks at South Bank versus um, real life fireworks at South Bank. So, wow. um, so that's how recognisable it was. And I guess, you know, it, it seems like it doesn't take much of an occasion to have fireworks at all these days, but South Bank's the place to have them in Brisbane. So yeah, sure, um, there's still only like three or four occasions a year where they roll out the big fireworks. I feel like yeah. I feel like fireworks happen every other weekend. Really? I want to go where you're going because I love a <laughs> firework. And well. I'm not going. Perhaps that's it. I feel like I've got <laughs> firework envy and perhaps it just feels like I'm constantly missing out on fireworks, but maybe it's uh, not as frequent as I'm projecting. <laughs> <laughs> when I was trawling back through the archives of Bluey locations, one of the other early um, locations he outed, I guess, was Woolcock Park in Brisbane that um, this episode also goes to that slight little slide down the hill that they take Bob Bilby down is yes. a sort of front and centre feature of this Woolcock Park. We actually, while we were up in Queensland in July, um, mm. before we met you guys on the sunny coast, we went to Brisbane and yeah, we did a day trip to Woolcock Park, which is just, you know, a very nice suburban park. There wasn't that much that amazing about it, except that it was so recognisable as a bluey location. And I was just um dancing around like it was like <laughs> bandit in work I was just so excited um there was some normal park mums there going what is this woman on I'm sure but um <laughs> even you know where we parked you had to walk past a poinciana in full bloom to then get to the park and it had the slide and it had the little um sort of round and round thing that just one kid stands on and it goes round and round that I think is in this episode as well. So, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. so yeah, uh, high excitement. I was trying to get Bond to pose in sort of 
bluey location style spots to compare him to the episode and yeah that did not work at all he was not interested so actually that is another thing I'm very impressed about throughout this episode is that they can get their kids to successfully pose for a photo because (laughs) god forbid every time I try like one of them will run away or crack the sads or do something we've had a very low set up photo success rate in the McMahon household. So, <laughs> Well, I yeah. do like early in the episode, it doesn't look like the photos are going well when Bingo is trying to pose on dad's head and dad is being a moo cow, yeah. very unimpressed. <laughs> and eventually she climbs right up on the top and pretty much just um, is, yeah, like, on his face, um, getting this perfect shot. But it, it looks pretty good of her, but, yeah, not Dad's best angle, I wouldn't have said. Maybe not. He was making some rather camping-esque grunts, so, um, yeah, and then collapses in a rather convincing piles. <gasps> okay, small ball. <laughs> Let me see. I'm really glad we're doing such a very bingo episode this week because have you been uh, away from the episode content following the hunt for bingo healer that is currently stampeding through um, shop fronts right across Australia? Now, I will make a confession in that because we were very fortunate to have um, Team Ludo send us some merch to the house, I have held off going to the shops and um decided you know what we're probably we've probably got enough to keep the kids <laughs> busy for the moment and I was Very just gonna restrained. let the hordes raid yeah but from what I understand bingo has totally sold out everywhere uh it seems like in Melbourne at least people are frantically hunting for her um, particularly the mini plushies, yes, yeah, and it's even the the bluey, the larger plushies, uh, like hen's teeth. They are disappearing very, very rapidly <laughs> to the point where you were getting advice on Instagram from mums that may have spotted <laughs> it in Big W and Kmart around Melbourne. And tell you what, there were more disappointed people out there than people who actually had advice to give because, yeah, a lot of people are turning up and finding empty shelves and bewildered 12-year-olds who work there trying to you know trying to explain to them what bluey is for a start and then why there are none on the shelves like it's just it is carnage out there so yeah. do you think it's a strategy they just drastically underestimated how many people want them to kind of create the hype or do you think they genuinely underestimated it I think they've genuinely underestimated it because, let's face it, if it was Team Ludo, they'd probably be pretty modest. They're a pretty modest bunch up there. (laughs) So we're talking about Penguin and Moose. They know what sells in kiddie land and they would know how to turn a dime. So hopefully there'll be more stock coming because clearly the demand is there and particularly in the lead up to Christmas, it's not going to be subsiding anytime soon. From the first moment that the toy images started appearing on social media, one trend I really noticed was um, people tagging the grandparents in Uh, the shots. So lots of grandmas and granddads who are on social media being tagged, oh, you know, the little one would love this. Christmas is coming. I'm like, that is genius. Like um, props to those proactive parents. So I think 
in very much. We've mentioned OK Boomers already in this episode, but I think uh, <laughs> a few Boomers might have done OK with their staking out the Kmarts and big Ws and cleaning up. Well, you know, um, it's really difficult, I think, for grandparents a lot of the time to know what is appropriate because my kids have so many books and toys and stuff. Grandparents and family members quite often come to us and say, what should we get the kids? Because they don't want to, uh, especially with, you know, the no waste movements and stuff like that, they they don't want to contribute to more stuff that's just going to sit there. Bluey is definitely not in that category. Bluey <laughs> is, um, yeah, pretty prized property in our house at the moment. I have to say, I think we've had Fruit Bat, the book, and the beach book in our house for about 48 hours now. And they've mm-hmm. been read about 455 times approximately. <laughs> yeah, Good work. I hadn't realised this benefit of a book that kind of um, replicates a TV episode, but he's reading them to Cass and telling him what happens just by knowing the story himself and uh, looking at the pictures. So, yeah, yeah, that's been a win. Yeah, Will's been the same. And even when he pulled out the book, for the first time he was like fruit bat and I was like oh yeah and then for a second I was like can you read and then I was like oh no you can't read you just have seen that episode way too many times anyway um yeah so that was that was enlightening and yeah I probably need to take my own little Bob Bilby lesson and um maybe cut some of those blue episodes being watched in a day we've got sick we've had sick kids for like the last three weeks though so you know what no regrets Uh, here I think that is completely justifiable. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so back to this episode. Yeah, so we have jumped to the end a bit. I reckon um, I said this is a very bingo episode. I was trying to think if this is the most bingo episode. It really follows her kind of um, her story more than anyone's, even though the whole family is involved. I think probably this and barbecue are the most bingo episodes. Can you think of another? I was trying to weigh up just now if Butterflies was quite bingo-oriented. And also, I mean, I do love that moment in Weekend, which really does focus on bingo and, um, you know, how she's feeling as well. So, Mm. um, yeah, Yoga Ball does focus a little bit on sort of how bingo's feeling and um you know things from her perspective but yeah I think you're right we do get a glimpse into bingo's world that we haven't seen before you know particularly seen, yeah well, at play group um, her, yeah her play group class please come in oh your dad's here bingo dad um meeting her friends as well like missy who later appears in pirate buddies in this one as well who i think you see in the park and later episodes but do you get that that just random children kind of bail you up when you do the daycare pick up and drop off because <laughs> little buddy with his finger in his nose just yeah just not sure what he wants from bandit and bandit is not sure what <laughs> what to do with him um so yeah i i'm very fortunate in that when i drop i drop will off a couple of days a week at um childcare usually and um there's like two little mates of his that always come up to me and want to tell me everything that's going on in their little lives as soon as <laughs> i walk in the door on thursday yeah, a little Cormac is always coming out to me going, Kate, I'm a vampire, you know, or something <laughs> like that. And I'm like, good for you, buddy. 
yeah, that, well, he clearly knows you well if you're getting Kate. Like, I just get yeah, a chorus of, Bonds, mum, Bonds, mum. <laughs> like, oh, I will never have an identity again away from Bond. <laughs> oh, there was an amazing, um, on Channel 4 in the UK, they had um, uh, some poetry that was shared. I think it was like a poetry competition. Oh, yeah. And I'll forward you a link, but it was um, this British um poet who's a mum and she was talking about basically how she lost her name and she Aww. became the mum of her child basically and and she said <sighs> I'm guilty of it too because I call everyone you know so-and-so's grandparent or so-and-so's mum or dad and um and she was just talking about how it's in those very few hours between the kids being in bed and then them waking up again that she actually refines her own name. <laughs> and oh, it's true. Yeah, I, it's so true. It actually, like, really got me when I watched it. I wonder if we can share it on our Facebook page or on the socials because it was quite powerful and I think a lot of parents will relate because you do become either so-and-so's dad or so-and-so's mom or mm. even so-and-so's nana sometimes um and you do lose a little bit of your identity when it all becomes about the child oh. so totally sidetracked it again um what are the takeaways for you from this episode man like at what point in the episode do you kind of have that off oh, moment because to be honest it's pretty early for me watching the kids on the floor watching the cartoons yeah, look, it just looks too familiar. I reckon the moment is where Bandit tries to get them to put that thing away. Kids, it's enough of that thing. I'm sure Bob is sick of... Yeah, whatever. Man, isn't that just so... The the defeat you feel as soon as you start that fight to get them off screens... Um, and yeah, look, I've I've possibly retreated too early on many occasions, so I can definitely relate to Bandit there. But it's it is a fight, and man, we're not at that stage of the cartoons, cartoons chant in the car yet. But no, I neither know are we. It is coming. <laughs> well, um, Olivia, as seven-year-old, um, definitely will chant "Holly, Holly, Holly" in the car, even though she's you know, got very limited language and for her Holly means Ben and Holly's little kingdom. Right. And that's sort of her code for ABC kids on iView. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's the only way to keep her calm. And uh, it's really tricky when you've got a three-year-old who sees his sister getting a phone and to keep her calm and centred in otherwise sensorily overwhelming situations yeah, and then being told, no, mate, you, you don't get to watch the screen. <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're finding it tricky to negotiate that balance. And oh. like a lot of parents I'm imagining. Cartoon! Oh, right. There you go. Yeah. But yeah, it does seem that, sooner or later screens will be at the center of a lot of those fights and oh I'm not looking forward to it no but um yeah it's interesting to hear the strategies when I'm talking to parents who have older kids like particularly talking about their strategies around like social media and screen time and stuff like that and how they sort of manage that and everyone's so different it's it's just I find it fascinating actually um I've had one um person I knew professionally 
and he actually paid his daughter, like I think it was like $1,000 a year or something, not to have a social media account and not to have a smartphone. Wow. Yeah, but he he was kind of smart about it. He was like, he was they were pretty well off and he was saying, look, I'd buy her a car for her 21st birthday anyway. So he was just putting the money aside each year for a car basically. But I was just like, I don't know if that's like genius or if uh-huh. it's, um, you know, just the bit but sort then of it, not it really makes it kind safe. of Yeah, like that's so hard, but you don't want to present social media as something you, or, you know, screens even as something you're entitled to a well, as well and then it's something you take away. You kind of want it to be the reward, but then people say you shouldn't be rewarding with it because then they get get that dopamine hit from I want more rewards so you want yeah. more of it. So, yeah, it's, God, you just can't win. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to be, I reckon this episode sets up when the girls are so sad to see the photos that mum's printed out of how boring it looks being on screens. I reckon that's going to be a teachable moment for so many parents. These are just all of Bob watching cartoons. Oh, wow. Yep. He doesn't look like he's having much fun. No, he doesn't, does he? Remember how Bluey and Bingo were sad when they wasted their day on screens? You don't want to be sad, do you? And I don't know if it's going to land, but I'm definitely going to be trying that one on for some. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And um, I don't know about you, Mare, but I always have this sort of moment of like stomach wrenching guilt every time that moment happens in the episode because your kids are watching tv at the time right like so every time you're seeing that scene they are watching a screen at the time and (laughs) you're just like oh god we are those parents right now (laughs) so yeah Uh, it's inspiring me to turn it off at least usually (laughs) after the episode but on the flip side we then see Bluey come up with the great idea of putting them on the laundry basket and she takes them to the laundry to put in the laundry basket and I reckon it's one of the least plausible things about Bluey how big their laundry is it is out of control so (laughs) that is a good reminder that it is fiction we don't have to worry about it too much (laughs) just a nice reality check there I reckon how big that laundry is okay we don't have to take any of this too seriously even if we do have a podcast about it I keep um, lately when I'm rewatching the episodes, there's two things that I've got burning questions about. One of them is tennis balls. I've worked out that there's tennis balls in every single episode of Bluey now. Oh, man. So it is a thing and I want to know the significance of it or if it's just like um, a long dog that people just started inserting it and now it's, it, it's yeah, kind of it's thing. Yeah, it's a dog thing. I love it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, every single episode of Bluey has tennis balls either hidden in it or um, used, like, say, in barbecue, throwing mm-hmm. tennis balls up. Um, and then the other thing is the layout of the healer house this is the most lopsided house. I cannot work out how this house is staying upright because there's like so many bedrooms and stuff upstairs and the bathroom and the toilet and the office and Bluey, sorry, and yeah, and um, Mum and Dad's bedroom. And then downstairs, 
as like well perhaps that's why the, the laundry is so big because it's half of the house it would have to be to balance okay, down the right. bedroom stuff I, I can't get it right in my head and it's or perhaps irritating like a secret me. parents retreat that we never see gosh wouldn't that be great <laughs> That would be amazing. Or maybe, um, I don't know, somewhere where Chile stores all her um, work awards for great sniffer doggering at the the airport or something when she's (laughs) uh, working as a security guard. That is a good segue because speaking of storage, we haven't even touched on the best moment of the episode. Out in the garage, Bandit gets the milk crate. Oh, I love that it's a milk crate. Oh, I know. the line... But how are we going to take a photo without the tablet? Ah, leave that to me. This is all my stuff from when I used to be cool. Oh, it's too good. (laughs) When we all used to be cool. (laughs) I was too busy just wrapped up in the bandit moment to notice the first few times I watched this. But the girls actually exchange a glance like, as Bandit says it, like, oh, we've heard this one before. Oh, yeah, sure, he used to be cool. And I'm just, oh, my heart is breaking for Bandit. But he doesn't miss a beat. He pulls out the Polaroid. I love that the the montage we then get of all the places they go around Brisbane and take these Polaroids. We even get, like, a shake it like a Polaroid picture moment where both girls yeah. are in the park shaking their Polaroids. Oh. Yeah. Um, and so, I yeah. actually love, I love the bad Sandy style chilly moment too when the garage doors open <laughs> and she's got the bike there. Are you ready, Bob? Ooh. It's very <laughs> gross oh, to me. She is a bad ass. <laughs> like, it's too good. It's awesome, and yeah, and I just love how Bandit. You know, um, we've talked about the the romance between Bandit and Shelley before, but you yeah. can tell he's so into her still, which is uh, so nice. I love it. You're on the floor. It's too good. Yeah. Um, I would love to track. They say the Polaroid sales um, spiked to their highest point in, you know, however many decades after that who was the band um, who had Shake It Like a Polaroid Outcast. Yeah, Outcast. So yeah. after that, that was in the charts. That was very good for Polaroid sales. But <laughs> I do wonder if once everyone's um, bought up all the Bluey and Bingo toys, whether um, Polaroid cameras for your kids might be the next port of call for Christmas <laughs> and whether we'll be able to track that back to this episode. Possibly oh. less impactful than Outcast's efforts, but... I reckon there might be a bit of a peak. I just they're so bloody expensive those films. They and like, are. I don't I don't know about your kids, but if Will gets hold of my phone, he'll take fifty five selfies well, of that's his chin. It. You you couldn't give a kid a Polaroid anymore because <laughs> no. they're so used to just taking snapping away on phones. And yeah, I don't think you'd want to be wasting <laughs> Polaroid paper on that. At that it's level. like a dollar a pop. That's like fifty oh. bucks on your yeah, kids' okay. chin. Actually, no. <laughs> well, I hope all those people who were going to buy Polaroids uh, rule it out on the basis of this, because that is a very good point. <laughs> Where does the episode go from there? We have jumped back and forth. I <laughs> know. <laughs> What's new? Um, you know what the, the my favorite moment of this is as well. It's when um Bingo says goodbye to 
Bob Bilby at oh. the end of the episode. Oh, tear my heart out, lady. Thanks for coming to visit me. I hope you'd like to visit me again. Goodbye. Yeah, that hug is everything. Um, also something that is everything, uh, if you happen to be following us on Twitter, Twitter has been losing its mind over um, oh. one very ingenious guy called Tim who also has a podcast, Tick Tip Kick Podcast, with it, which is about AFL footy history. But Tim got to work and cut up um, dancing scenes from Bluey with the song I Feel Like Ringo from Custard, which, of course, Custard is Dave McCormick's band and Dave yeah. McCormick voices Bandit. So This song um, is giving me life because it oh, changed it to, um, I, what was it? I Feel Like Bingo rather than I Feel Like Ringo. Yeah. Yes. So that is already a vast improvement, but the clip is just gorgeous. There's a line like, shimmy to the left, shimmy to the right, and it's where Bandit it and Bluey are doing their like, early morning stretching and copycat yeah. to the left and yeah. the right. Uh, he's done an amazing job. So that is on our Twitter handle, which is at Bluey Podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Bluey Pod. And then you can find us or like drop us an email at it's blueypod at gmail.com. And we will take all your randomness. We love it, in fact. So um, someone emailed us like their top 10 quotes from Bluey the other day, <laughs> which was amazing. Um, we are those people. If you're not sure, sure where to share your Bluey love, send it our way. We are more than happy to facilitate it. <laughs> One final word on the socials. We, I know we're running out of time, but I've got to say, um, very early on, even before Bluey was on TV, one of the guys from the Ludo team, Costa, who we've talked about before, he posted on his Instagram that he had got employee of the week at Ludo and got to take home the real-life Bob Bilby puppet, which they no have way. at Ludo's studio. Oh and it's like their, you know, encouragement, go you, good employee type. I don't know if they're still doing it. And when we were at Ludo, I forgot to ask, where is Bob Bilby? Show him to me. Um, oh, my God, I love that because they had a magic posted a photo of it the at the time. Um, right back in, I think it was March 2018. So six months before Bluey was even on TV and these guys were celebrating Bob Bilby. So um, I'll hunt down that picture and hopefully Costa will let us repost it. So keep an eye on Insta and Twitter for that one. Um, but, yeah, how good is that? That's just. Hey, hey Mia, I just realised for our international audience, we probably should even explain very briefly what a Bilby is. <laughs> so a Bilby is like a native marsupial to Australia. It's like a desert-dwelling animal um, mainly, but um, it has been threatened by the invading species rabbits, uh, which uh, don't really have that many natural predators out here. But, yeah, a bilby is basically The rabbits our, aren't eating our, the bilby, I should say. They are. No, they're just, they're just destroying kind of the habitat. The but, so, yeah, um, it's a tough life for a bilby. 
It is a tough life. I think they're still endangered, but they're beautiful little um, things. It's sort of a bit like a cross between like a, what would you say, like a possum and maybe like a little wallaby or something, but sort of rabbit-sized. Yeah. yeah, and they've got little pouches and they're just beautiful. So there's been a, a movement in Australia towards like getting um, bilbies at Easter rather than um, rabbits. Yes, so I like love chocolate that, rabbits. bilbies. <laughs> Um, I think we're finally there, Kate. Thank you so much. Lovely chatting as always. Uh, I love a good bingo episode and this one's a corker. It's brilliant. Love you, man. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, it's got to be done. Got to be done. Bye. Bob, this is my dad. He's not actually real. He's a puppet. You have to fold his ears that when you say that.